Welcome to the return of the Empire Podcast. Coming off of a a strange win last weekend against the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm Jay Mars. Joined, of course, as always, by our San Francisco 49ers beat writer. He is our insider. He is the guru of Garoppolo. He is Emil Fergoso. <laughs> Emil, what's going on, man? I'm doing great. That's a new one. I like that one. <laughs> the guru, guru of Garoppolo. of Garoppolo. Or as my dad calls him, Galapagos. It's Galapagos is good, too. I think, actually, if you were just to look at his name from afar... Yeah. I think Galapagos is the first thing that would yeah. come to anybody's mind. Look, he's 60. He's older. It's okay. It's not Jimmy or your dad? My dad. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's not 60. We know that one. I mean, sometimes he moves in the pocket like a 60-year-old, yeah. but we're not going to make fun of Jimmy all episode because, no. I mean, quite frankly, when you look at the numbers last weekend against the Chargers, he probably was the 49ers' best player. Uh, Offensi- offensively, offensively speaking. Sure. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. He didn't really <laughs> do too much, though. He didn't throw a touchdown or a pick, so I guess that's a good thing. No picks. What is it? Uh, the 49ers are now 10-2 and two in games that Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't thrown a touchdown. Yes. That's an insane <laughs> stat, and it tells you a lot of what you need to know. But he ran for one. Yeah. Give him that. Well, quarterback sneak. He, did he run the ball? He yeah, ran the ball. Yeah, to carry, <laughs> I give you, I'll give you that. Okay. I don't want to be too harsh with Jimmy, but yeah, it's... Quarterback sneak and Jimmy Garoppolo go hand in hand. Yes, no. Jimmy does what excel at one thing, and that is those one yard QB sneaks when he just needs to gain something real quick. Yep. He's pretty good at that, and that's just. I mean, he's a strong guy. We we talk a lot about Jimmy's deficiencies because yep. that's what everybody talks about with Jimmy because they're glaring. And I have a few that stuck out to me from last game that I want to talk about with you and see if you picked up on the same thing. Go for it, but. He he's a strong guy. Yeah. Like if you need him to bully in for a yard or two, he can do it. And he's actually proven over his career that's actually a really good play they run with him. He's not willing to get down and dirty. It's kind of the way I like to describe Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. He is willing to, to to go for extra yards and not just take a slide, not just take a knee. Yeah. Down. He wants to go get that first down. He's a football player first and foremost. And I think and it's funny because it shouldn't matter. Sure. But Everyone looks at Jimmy. Jimmy is a beautiful man. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable in saying Jimmy. Like, did you see the uh, him sitting courtside at the Warriors game and the Warriors cheerleaders coming over to him? <laughs> I was gonna bring that up. I didn't know if I needed to. Oh my gosh, Jimmy! Jimmy has has he's the, a magnet, oh, man. He's, he's a magnet. He just gra- they weren't even looking at the rest of them because Hughes check was down there. Others oh, were down dude. there. Debo was there. No, it was all about did not Jimmy. matter. All about Jimmy. <laughs> Every single cheerleader turned and looked at Jimmy Garoppolo. And again, it's like he does. I give him credit. And it's not just, again, he's a very handsome man. But he has this magnetic personality. He's so likable. He's just a likable human being. Like you see kids lining up to get his autographs. He's always taking time to sign for kids and stuff, which is what I always, when I kind of have a barometer of an athlete of whether or not they're a jerk. When I see you take time to sign for kids on a regular basis, like you're, you're doing it. You're doing the job correctly. And that was an example at Monday night, uh, um, Monday night's game. Sunday night's game. I know. Thank we're getting you. it all confused. There's too many it's Friday. Prime, it's prime time <laughs> games. Sunday night game. Uh, before I was on the field, just watching Jimmy interact with the fans. He's signing everyone's autograph. I mean, took like 10, 15 minutes to sign autographs Yeah, during warm-ups. Like every single person on this side of the field and on this side of the field, everyone loves Jimmy and Jimmy loves them equally. So it's really cool to see. For yeah. Sure. And it does show in his locker room leadership and stuff because, again, guys really buy into Jimmy that are on the team with him and they support him. So... As again, as much as we like to pick apart Jimmy on the field, you do have to, you know, put those intangibles in there and those matter. And I think, you know, looking ahead to the game against Arizona, we're going to talk about their quarterback situation as yes. well because they have the complete opposite issue in Arizona, yeah, in my opinion. They do. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, let's start with the, uh, the Chargers game. Yeah. That was a. One of those games where you just are happy to get a win. Oh, man. Because that first half. 
both offensively and defensively was trash. It yeah. was bad. I didn't know what bad. was happening on the defensive end. That first drive, what did they? It was six plays, right? Seventy-five yeah. yards. I'm like, how? Yeah. How did that happen? Was... And you were looking at a Chargers team that was down so much of you know high quality offensive players. Justin Herbert's playing banged up, but mm-hmm. he looked again in that first drive sensational. I was like, wait. Yeah. Did he get healthy and nobody said anything? I, I, I that first drive, I was really, really nervous because I, I, we, especially you and me, have been talking about Niners all week. They're going to mm-hmm. go out. They're going to show up at Jason Ferret. They're going to win this one. They're going to dominate the Chargers. The Chargers are not very good. And the first drive, Herbert looked like Justin Herbert. And yeah, I was at like, home. It at looked home. like it was a Chargers oh. home game. And I was like, oh my god, what, 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 what are we, what are we in, in store for here? And then all of a sudden, the Niners seemed to turn around. It got clunky. It got weird. Second mm-hmm. half, whatever. A win's a win, and that's what yeah. they talked about with most game. A win is a win. That's all that matters. What did you think of the way um, Shanahan utilized McCaffrey and Mitchell in that game? It was more of a time shift than I thought it was going to be. Right. Especially because it was Elijah Mitchell's first game back. Did they, correct me if I'm wrong, they did not play a snap together, did they? Not that I can recall, no. I don't think they played one snap no. together, which I thought, you know, we were we were you know fantasizing last week about all these different things that Kyle could do. I thought there would have for sure been multiple instances where you had Elijah Mitchell in the backfield and McCaffrey lined up in the slot. Yeah, it didn't seem that way. They 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 wanted to stick Debo of anything back there with McCaffrey or with or with Mitchell. They want to use him as that wide back, mm-hmm. and they put Jennings in the slot. They put Ayuk in the slot. They put their more pure pass catching wideouts in the slot than McCaffrey, which comes down to, to you know play calling as well as acclimation to the team. Again, Elijah Mitchell hasn't been with the team since Week One on the field because of that MCL sprain mm-hmm. and. With McCaffrey and stuff too, it's like, how is this going to work? Who's the moving part? Where is everyone going to go? So it's going to be a bit of growing, growing pains going through this. Right. But yeah, eighteen, touch, eighteen touches running the ball for Elijah Mitchell compared to fourteen for McCaffrey. McCaffrey actually outsnapped Mitchell, but not outtouched him. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And I, I was surprised to see him get that many carries coming off of his injury. I yeah. thought we would have seen him maybe in the eight to ten range, mm-hmm. and I thought that. McCaffrey would have been much more of the workload in the backfield, with you know, featuring a little bit of Debo. But yeah, I, I thought Kyle's play calling was interesting, yes. to, to put it nicely. And, you know, I, I'm not going to put that game on him. You know, I think more so than anything, a lot of it is kind of what you're saying. You got to adjust. We, we, we look at all these things and it's like, oh my God, the Niners should put up 35 38. You know, that's what we were looking at last week. Mm-hmm. But we do forget it is an adjustment for these offenses mm-hmm. to when you get new players in. And when you have a quarterback like Jimmy, you know, he's probably just like, what the hell is happening? Who? <laughs> and the reason why I said I want to get in on Jimmy this week and the one thing I do want to point out, and I think this has been a problem with him. Yeah. You know, we've spoken over the last few weeks about him, you know, looking at that number one option and not being able to adjust on the fly and go to a second or third reads. Yeah. But when they're running those read option plays, he just seems to miss some really obvious ones. Yeah. Especially even the RPOs too, because there was one where where he get handed off to McCaffrey, and he got stuff in the backfield on on his own read. Mm-hmm. But Debo was was out was going out to the left, and if you give it to Debo, there's that's like two the one in front I of him. specifically remember, yeah. and I saw I forget whose account was doing it on yep, Twitter, but I they saw it too. But they had you know the wide view, and you can just see, man, yeah. if he goes to Debo on those reads, Debo's taking it to the house. There's yeah. nobody there to cover him. And I, I just feel like Jimmy gets a little too complacent sometimes mm-hmm. with, with just falling in line with the system. We're going to hand the ball off 100 times. Great. But you got to deviate and go, what's the better option here? you got to make a quarterback decision. And that's yeah. one of the things with Jimmy that, that hurts him sometimes is he's not making 
the best decision making. Yeah, and that's always been my thing with him outside of again he can't throw the ball more than 30, you know, 20 yards usually. He hasn't. He hasn't. He's, he, no, no touchdowns over 20 yards. No. Not, I thought he had one finally. Maybe one. I think he had the one over 30 this rem- year finally. Did he? I can't remember it. I want to say he had one. Oh, or, the Debo. Yeah. That, that, sure, but like down the field, going twenty five yards down the field, he doesn't have one. He doesn't have. He's not a deep threat quarterback. He's not a deep threat quarterback. And then it's like, okay, so if that's not the case, and you're running these option plays, if you're not making the correct decision on the option, now we have two things working against us. Yeah. On outside of the fact that you know when the pocket collapses, he's screwed. Yes, it's just kind of. While I think it was awesome that they had him signed as a backup because, again, I think he is a, you know, he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. He's sure. average. Yeah. You see why they wanted to go to Trey Lance. Yeah. And you see why, and I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to make these reads in year one, mm. but you knew the other guy wasn't. Yeah. And I think that was more so the idea is that Trey Lance can probably make those reads better. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll, we'll never know until next season because I still think, <laughs> listen, Jimmy Garoppolo could lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl this year and they could win. He's not back next year. No, he's not. He's not back next year. They are committed to Trey Lance fully. It, there's no change in that. And Trey Lance actually in the locker room again. Now he's off crutches. He's off no boot. He's looking like regular Trey Lance just coming back, recovering from his serious ankle injury. Mm-hmm. And he will be back. People are speculating, could he make a return at the end of the year? Post- no, 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 no. You know, they're going to okay. keep on us. He could. That he don't could. mean he should. It doesn't mean he should. He could probably if you really want to expedite the time. But no, no. Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback this year. He's their guy. You know what you're going to get out of Jimmy, and that's the issue. Is that you know what you're going to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo. With Trey yes. Lance, there's so much more potential. With that being said, I know we're jumping the gun here, and we're going to get into the um, – we'll get into injuries, and we're going to look to this game this week because there's a lot of fun storylines to yeah. talk about. Sure do you think they can win a Super Bowl with him as the quarterback, given everything around them? Yeah. If the offense is healthy, the defense is healthy, if we see Eric Armstead back, we'll get into Javon Kenlaw here in a minute because I, I just don't know if that's going to happen this year, unfortunately. Really more issue, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's just both of them. Yeah. Both of them are such huge question marks, but I agree. I think they have enough stuff where he can lead them and win a Super Bowl, but he won't be the MVP no. that game. It will not be – this will be a Brad Johnson – Trent Dilfer-esque team where yeah. it's all the other pieces that are doing it. Or like when Blake Bortles took the Jaguars to the AFC Championship game. It wasn't Blake Bortles. It was the rest of the team. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, But you know what? Blake Bortles actually was decent that year. I give him that. So was Jimmy in the Super Bowl run. Again, so. that is a fair point. Yes. But I do want to point out, Blake Bortles didn't just absolutely suck that year. Wow. That was like the one year that he looked like... Okay, Blake Bortles could be an NFL quarterback. Well, that and because Allen Robinson broke out that year. Yeah, Allen Robinson really did. That was really the big thing. Free injury, Allen Robinson was a sight to see everyone. No, he he was amazing. Uh, Speaking of sights to see, thank you for bringing up sights because the site of this Monday's game is Mexico City. But, but. 49ers practicing in Colorado again. So it's it's a thing with the elevation. The elevation in Mexico City is going to be big. And so they have said, well, we want to at least get used to the elevation, so we will practice it. I guess uh, Greg Papa was telling us this morning, it takes like a week, maybe even two for some players to get actually acclimated to the elevation. Yeah. But me and you were talking, and I, I, I don't know the answer. I'm sure there's a they have an actual answer for this. But while the elevation is one thing, it is like freezing cold. Yeah. It's like 20-something degrees in Colorado where it's in the 70s in Mexico City right yeah. now. Yeah. That's a real a real skeptical decision by, by Kyle and the 49ers to not just go to Mexico for the re- the whole week because that would make the most sense, in my opinion, to mm-hmm. just practice in the stadium or around the field and get to know the Well, especially because you had a home game 
Sunday. Yeah. It wouldn't have been difficult. You got eight days. Yeah. And they really, they were talking about it yesterday. Why didn't you the, – the original plan was to come even earlier to Colorado Springs, actually, to go Monday to mm-hmm. Colorado and have two days off instead of just one. But they want they, – after the road trip in the Greenbrier over in West Virginia, over on the East Coast, that two-week stand, yeah. they wanted to give the players more time at home because they just felt like it was too long of a time. So that's partially because of it. They didn't go to Mexico City. They just want to go to Colorado, a place they knew well. Mm-hmm. They, get to, they get to do practice at the Air Force Academy out there in Colorado Springs. There's an indoor field as well. They might go there, but it is turf, so we'll see what happens. It's familiar. It's, Kyle, it's Kyle's fortitude. It's Christian's hometown. It's – it's everything about that makes sense for them, and that's kind of what they decide to do. Um, conspiracy theory time. Sure. Let's have some fun with this. Yeah, why not? And I, this is just, again, it's going to sound very conspiratorial here, but I do have logic behind it. Mexico City versus Colorado Springs from a nightlife standpoint, two completely different worlds. <laughs> yeah. There is a part of me that feels like, you know what? You go to Colorado Springs, it's snowy. Like guys are going to be concentrated on the game because there's going to be really not too many distractions there. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, that's a fair point. I mean Mexico City there obviously is a lot of nightlife there in the A capital lot of nightlife in Mexico City. And folks. the players especially, they love to have a good time. Mm-hmm. We we know that from Garoppolo to Hughes check to Debo to all over. They love to have a good time. And people really underestimate that like um, using an NBA example, but it applies to the NFL too, mm-hmm. is people will tell you two of the best home court advantages in sports. Yes. Atlanta and Miami. It has nothing to do with the fan bases. No, it doesn't. It's because there's so much to do nightlife. A little too there. much to A do. A little too much to do. LA kind of is in that category as well. It ain't Miami or Atlanta, though, let me tell you. Well, because the nightlife is so much more prevalent there. Yes. But, no, I get it. Great conspiracy theory. Great, Jay Morris. Great job. Thank you. I, I love it. It's a great one. I didn't think of it. And you, you know, you'll never have a coach or a GM come and be like, "Yeah, we just got to keep guys locked in, man. We we can't have them out there doing God knows what in Mexico City." Could you imagine Kittle in Mexico City on, a, on an off day? I mean, Kyle. Sh- oh, geez, don't say that. I don't want to imagine that. Jimmy in Mexico Yo. City. Oh no. What, what trouble can he get into in Mexico City? Or what trouble will just find him? I don't even yeah. think Jimmy doesn't strike me as type, look for the trouble. It's just going to find him. Well, Jimmy has a, has a past. We know that. So. Jimmy has a past. Uh, and, you know, I think it was the first Sunday night game of the year against Denver that they were bringing up his brothers and, you know, the parties they throw. That and the, the, the post dating life. The dating life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't. You're right. Jimmy's not an angel. He just he's has a sweet angel. smile. Look, look, he's very charming. He knows his way around around the, he the does. ladies for sure. He sure so. does. So, again, you'll never have a GM or a coach come out and say that. Like, that's just yeah. not a thing. But, but John Lynch played a long time in the NFL. <laughs> John Lynch knows what's up. Kyle Shanahan has been around the NFL since he was yeah. in his mother's womb. Like, yes, he has. <laughs> they know what's up. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying yeah. that's the reason. I'm just saying don't count it out. They're all about football, all business, all football all the right. time. And guess where football is played? In Colorado, in Colorado Springs, where it's cold yes. as can be. And again, the nightlife there, not what it is in Mexico City. No, they're indoors, <laughs> bundle up, studying the playbook. Exactly. Like, dude, you're not going out to Colorado Springs clubs in your Patagonia and just having a good time. <laughs> okay, it's just not a thing. That'd be fun. That'd be a little snow globe. I mean, I'm sure somebody is like, I, there's probably multiple guys on the team that are just like, yo, we got to get out. So yeah, they're going down to the local tavern. They're going to the lodge, Elk Lodge. <laughs> yes, the Elk Lodge. <laughs> they're going down to American Legion Hall 19. Oh my. Going to grab a beer and talk to a couple war, World War II vets that are still alive about, you know, life. <laughs> 
All right, this is getting off track. Let's actually. We were on Jimmy, weren't we? <laughs> we were. We went from Jimmy. We've been on Mexico City. We're just. It's Friday. All it's right, Friday. guys. Friday it's getting late in the season. Yep. Thanksgiving vacations coming up for some of us. Mm-hmm. All right, but real talk. When it comes to the matchup, yeah, Kyler Murray is still a question mark. Uh-huh. It's interesting when you hear the scuttlebutt out of Phoenix that. And you, you kind of saw it on the hard. Have you watched any of the hard knocks with the Cardinals? Not as much. I will, I will watch next week because they'll be the Niners week next week. And I, I've heard this because, again, we have a sister station in Phoenix yes. that has great Cardinals coverage. And what I've kind of seen consistently is this unit of the Cardinals as a team, specifically offensively, kind of rallies around Colt McCoy yeah, and buys into Colt McCoy more than they have Kyler Murray. Colt McCoy is their guy. Colt McCoy is one of the leaders of that, of that locker room, and it's not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is the best quarterback prospect, probably, but Colt McCoy is a quarterback and has been for his entire life. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's so good at what he does, because he knows how to command a locker room. And that's why these guys, there's just more energy around him. You could see it in, in the last week's game against, against the Rams. The structure. There was just so much more <laughs> structure around They knew what they wanted to do at every single time. It wasn't just throw it up for grabs, you know, play playground football they ran a system that worked and it was efficient and effective and that's important for the cardinals that they want to be at least competent this year right and they're not necessarily out of the nfc west i i don't i don't have them as a team making it let me be very clear i think this division is going to come down to the seahawks and the 49ers yeah probably. i i know matt stafford's supposed to play for the rams this week but i just think that team is they're done they're done. They're cooked. Without Cooper Cup, they're cooked. <laughs> yeah. It's over. You lose Cooper Cup, you essentially lose your entire offensive identity. Correct. And Allen Robinson, the second, has shown that he's not going to step up. You don't have Robert Woods anymore. That really was the glue guy for that receiving yeah. core. The run game is awful. I mean, I just don't see it happening for the Rams, which is fine by me. Yeah, fine by me too. <laughs> but the Cardinals have you know so much talent on that team, and it just hasn't materialized. I am surprised Cliff Kingsbury still has a job. Well, I'm more surprised they extended him and Steve Kime. Yeah. They, they extended him for the season for no reason. I didn't understand that either. When I, that happened, I'm like, for what? Like, it was very clear in the second half of the season last year, this team was not, the, the, the buy-in was not the there. The Bidwell family is an interesting family. <laughs> just living in Arizona for four years and being around Cardinal fans and around Bonneville, Phoenix, AZ mm-hmm. Sports, just there's a real disconnect from the fans to the ownership to the group. It just, there's a real divide for sure. It's really fun to watch, actually. <laughs> yeah, no. I, again, as a division rival, I love it. But, again, there's a lot of talent on that team. And if Colt McCoy can get them going anything the second half of the season, yeah. I don't, again, I don't anticipate a playoff run. But if no. they're, you know, 500 sure. or hovering around there, you have to really start wondering, they just signed Kyler to that big deal. And you're talking about a guy who's basically been a career backup coming in and outplaying you. What the hell? <laughs> I've been talking about trading Kyler Murray for a while now. I've been on this for a while. I just think trading him makes the best sense for them. He's not going to be the quarterback they want him to be. No, he, you know, there was such a big deal made about when he signed that deal and the uh, watching film clause, you know, that was like yeah. trashed in the media. And my take on it was always this if you're putting that in there, there. and you're putting it out there mm-hmm. that it's in there, there is a level of truth to the lack of preparation, and it yeah. shows during the games. Like, he's out there. A lot of his playmaking is simply just, I don't want to call it pure luck, but it's just simply using his natural skill and scrambling around and making stuff happen. Yeah, it feels like he has no <laughs> guidance. No. Like, it feels like he just does whatever he wants, and it was really apparent in that Thursday night game when mm-hmm. he was screaming at Cliff, calm the explosive down. Like, he yeah. was yelling at his coach, like, cussing Who's him out. Who's trying to coach him. Who's trying to coach him and cussing him out. 
there's a, just a real divide between Cliff and Kyler, and they like an old married couple. Honestly, mm-hmm. they just they don't like each other. No, they really don't. And I just don't understand. You know, again, we're we're not entrenched in this, but it comes down to all right. Is Cliff Kingsbury that bad of a coach and Kyler has a point? Or is Kyler like just uncoachable and maybe Cliff Kingsbury is struggling because of that? Is it the Cam Newton theory? Is is kind of what you gotta bring up because Cam had the same issue yes. with, was, was, was with coaching. So does the does the pros outweigh the cons is what it really comes down to with Kyler. And I think what was interesting is you bring up the Cam Newton thing and he had a good coach in Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera is a good NFL coach. So he played for Ron Rivera and Bill Belichick. Two guys that have been seen throughout the league as just great. I wouldn't call Ron Rivera great, but he's been seen as a very good coach. Above average coach. Yeah, oh, well above average. And, you know, the fact that the Commanders are even a relevant football team, as far as that, that just goes to show how good of a coach he is. The Eagles. Yeah, exactly. And they're, listen, they're still in a race for a playoff spot. I believe they're a half game behind the Niners right now. Yeah. So, again, they're relevant. They are. But my point being is I think it went to show that had Cam embraced coaching, I think Cam would have had a vastly different career. I think Cam had a, a really good career that could have been a great career. Mm-hmm. That could have been a Hall of Fame career. That and injuries, but you know. Well, yeah, but injuries aside, prior to that, you know, before injuries, I just think there was so much more that Cam could have got out of. Yeah. But And I think Kyler were going to find the same situation. I, I'm kind of with you. I think they need to find a new home for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it sucks because there was so much hope put on him at first, Mm -hmm. and now it's just kind of fizzled. And so, fire the head coach is usually what how these things are solved, right? Yeah. But what head coach is going to come in there and you know get in his ear and be like, "Nah, dude, this is what we do," and he's going to follow along? Sean Payton. You think Sean Payton could do that? Yeah, I think you need to give Kyler like a like a professional head coach. Cliff Kingsbury is not a professional head coach. I agree. Cliff Kingsbury is a college head coach. I don't mean to be rude. I don't want to discredit Cliff or anything like that, but what has he actually done in the NFL? For sure. And I think Sean Payton is a perfect coach. Yes. A perfect coach. I just wonder if Kyler Murray is going to listen to Sean Payton. He has to. Because if he doesn't, he has to. If he doesn't, it, like, dude, you're going to be floating around this league for a while and you're never going to be much. Or he's going to end up on the Cowboys, but that's. You know. Everyone ends up on the Cowboys. <laughs> Me and you're going to end up on the Cowboys at some point. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as injuries go, what are we looking at this weekend? Uh, so, right now, it's a bit of a question mark in, with the defensive line again. Everyone else is relatively healthy. It's only the defensive line. Uh, Specifically, Eric, Ken Law and Armstead. Yeah, Ebocom as well, but he was doing work off to the side yesterday, so that gives a little bit of hope that he's going to be just fine. He's dealing with a quad injury he suffered mm-hmm. during last Monday's bonus practice after, after the bye week. So there's a little bit of that. He missed week week ten as well. So need him back. It's pretty clear how important he is. Obviously yeah. they have Charles Menahue who's been fantastic for them. But Ebucom, another rotational piece that really helps solidify mm-hmm. their line. In terms, of, in terms of Eric Armstead, though, he's still dealing with the foot and ankle issues. It doesn't sound optimistic he's gonna play. A lot would have to happen. I mean Kyle, Did he travel? Did we ever get that confirmed? Yes. He did he, travel. He is in Colorado. Yes, he is. Javon Kinlaw is not though because of the elevation and the swelling with flights and stuff. They wanted to continue his rehab. In Santa Clara, which mm-hmm. is where he is at right now, and who knows if he'll be back week after this week against the Miami Dolphins? Or yeah, Miami Dolphins, I believe it next week. No, no, the Saints are next week. Yes, there it is. The schedule is all messed up against the Saints. It's a possibility, and then also the Dolphins as well after that. But it's really a wait and see with both these guys. Is there's there's no update with both of them, and it's just. Can they keel up in time to play for these games? Yeah, and again, we're in week eleven. You know, we still have, they still have seven weeks of regular season football left, so there's yeah. plenty of time for these guys to get healthy. And we, I think we touched on this last week. Like, 
Ideally, you'd like to have them back by at the latest week 14. Yeah. Give them some real run mm-hmm. prior to the playoffs, you know, assuming on. you're going to be a playoff team. Yeah. But just from what you've seen, like you said, there's no real updates. Do you think we're closer to Armstead or Kinlaw? Or are they just kind of almost on the same timeline at this standpoint? That's that's a tough one, Jay. That's a real tough one. Um, I would say Kinlaw actually than Armstead. Really? Yeah. I just don't know about Eric right now because again, he has that hairline fracture in his ankle, in his left ankle, and then dealing with plantar fasciitis. And when you're a three hundred plus pound guy, hairline pers- fracture is a stress no reaction joke. as well. Mm-hmm. It's like a stress reaction. It's it's he hasn't stepped foot on the field even to do individual work. You know, right? Like Kinlaw, they're just being cautious with him because of fluid buildup in his surgery repair mm-hmm. ACL. He could realistically play back in Santa Clara on grass, which is where they want him to play anyway. Whereas with Armstead, it's like, can he even like move correctly is the issue. Is there a possibility that we don't see Eric? And the reason why I bring that up is when teams are this hush about timelines and injuries, there's usually more going on there. And I, and I mean that from a sense of an injury standpoint with Eric. I don't think there's anything, you know, going on there yeah, outside of no, that. He's a model system. But when teams are that quiet, there's there's usually more to the injuries than that. There's typically more to the injuries than that. Let me just pull up what Kyle said yesterday because I did ask him about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there is there an update? No, it's the same. Same thing as before. He's continuing to work through work through it and stuff. So when there's no update, that's not a good thing. No, that's what I mean. And that's why I question whether or not yeah. he can come back this year. Usually there's a timeline. Yeah. Everybody, you think of, you look at every other injury on the 49ers this year, there has been a timeline. Mm-hmm. Guys have come back early from the timeline or maybe, you know, you're right at the timeline. But there is a timeline. Yeah. Um, so, again, I I hope we see Eric, but I'm starting to lose optimism on that one. The only optimism I will give Niner fans right now is that defensive lineman Ndamukong Suh just got signed yesterday by the Philadelphia Eagles. Who the Niners were interested Who in. Who the Niners were, we think, interested in. They were asked about it yesterday. Basically, I know John looks at those guys. We do our due diligence. The usual right. Kyle Shanahan run around question, answer he gives. But for them not to pursue Ndamukong Suh further and really show real interest mm-hmm. in him – it gives me some hope, but they feel pretty confident about the guys they have in the locker room. They feel pretty confident about Armstead and Kinlaw's return uh, later on this year. Yeah, the only other thing I will I'll touch on that, not just trying to play a little devil's advocate, is I would have stayed away from Sue just because of all the other BS that comes with him. But he's older now. He's past that stuff, though. You know, they said the same thing about uh, Vontez Perfect when he signed with the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, but Vontez, Vontez literally wanted wanted to take people's heads off. On yeah, and, and Sue just wants to step on people's heads. That was young Sue, though. Sue doesn't step on people. Anymore. I didn't take you as a Sue apologist. <laughs> I, I see. I love I love the Dominic and Sue growing up. I think it was a real wrecking ball. So you were disappointed when he said disappointed. I should say when he said with the Eagles and not the Niners. I mean, yeah, I, I want to sign better players, but for sure. But like the Eagles, is, it's a home run for them. No, absolute was a good home run to get the Dominic and Sue. All right, so we have the matchup in Mexico City. Um, is it David Lombardi from The Athletic? I almost said Vince Lombardi. Yep. <laughs> That's where I'm at today. It's all right. Reported, and I think this was uh, via Vivid Seats, that it looks like despite being a home game for the Cardinals, yep. technically, yep. right now it looks like it's going to be about 82% 49er fans. 82%, <laughs> and frankly, it might be more than that because the three biggest seats, the three biggest fan bases in Mexico, in Mexico are the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. Well, Those are the three. And whenever they are in Mexico, they are going to get a massive fan base. I had someone even DM me saying, we're coming from the Bay Area to 
the game. Oh, dude, you make a weekend out of it. Go to the game yeah. on Monday, man. Take a little vacation. It's crazy too. These t- these have you seen the prices for the tickets? Yes. They are the highest since 2017 for any 49er game. Are you kidding me? Insane. And they're Again, still going to It's a destination, though. It really is. No, because Estadio Azteca is a very good, a very, very good stadium. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun to be in Mexico City to watch football. And it's a good matchup against the division rival. Yeah, and again, you have Thanksgiving week coming up. People yeah. taking a week off. Probably kick it there before and after for a little hey, bit. So Hey, Cabo, Thanksgiving in Cabo is not a bad idea. No, not a bad idea at all. And if you're a 49er fan, and if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you you kind of got to say thank you to the NFL schedulers because yes. realistically, you got an additional home game this yeah, year. You actually did, yeah. And no. if you count the Rams, you got two additional home <laughs> games this year. Shout out, shout out Levi South. And By the way, had they played the Chargers in L.A., I think there would actually have been more 49ers fans there than at the Chargers-Niners game at Levi. <laughs> There definitely would have been. I mean, oh, Levi South just rules. It, it really does. does. It does rule. Uh, how do you see Kyle uh, deploying the offense? Again, I think this is going to be a theme for the rest of the year with yeah. all these new guys. Is Where do you see him eventually settling with this? There is going to be – this is a fun little stat that I found. The Niners are the best team in, in yards after the catch, right? Guess who's the worst team? The Cardinals. The Cardinals are. <laughs> they stink at defending yards after the catch. So, guess what's going to happen? A lot of yards after the catch. <laughs> yes, a lot of yards after the catch. Brandon Ayuk's going to get hit on quick slants. Debo's going to hit on screen passes. That's what they're going to try and do. The usual stuff that they do. But I think it's going to be the pass setting up the run this time instead of the run setting up the pass like it was last week against the Chargers. Wow. That's uh, quite the difference. <laughs> wow. Who would have thought? That's the, the recipe for success. Because yes, I when, know. When they, when, they, <laughs> when they run the ball first, it doesn't they do work. They're really good. But when they establish the run game well, it works. Every time, but to your point, yes. yeah, they kind of have to. The pass sets up the run. That's yeah. how it's worked this whole season. Every single game that they've done it has worked. So they're going to do it again against them. The Cardinals are banged up. Their offensive line, especially, is. Whew, wow. <laughs> um, the, Nick Bosa and the boys are going to have a great time against Billy Price and them. All right, so we predicted a blowout last weekend, and we were we were vastly incorrect. Yeah. Do you have a blowout on Monday? No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't. Twenty four seventeen Niners. Wow. Yeah. I'll go 24-10. Okay. I don't know if Colt McCoy and the uh, Cardinals offense musters up more than 10 points. I just think Maybe they're actually, 13. I, and I'm going to – you can call me out later, whatever. Um, I think they're better with Colt McCoy than Kyler Murray. I'm not saying they're not. I just don't <laughs> think they're good with Colt McCoy. Really? I didn't think they were good with Kyler. That's fair. For obvious reasons. <laughs> That's but, fair. All right. Well, it just it, it doesn't help either that they're practicing in Arizona the whole week instead of in Mexico City. They're not going to use the elevation, which – Cool. Great job. I well, guess from that- everything you tell me about ownership and front office stuff, that makes a lot of sense. It, 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 just, again, I have Cardinal fans in my life. My former roommate was is, was a Cardinal fan himself. He goes, I'm not even watching the team this year. I've, I've oh, written them off. Man. I've just written them off. Done. That sucks because, you know, you look back last year, in the beginning of last year, there was so much hope. Yeah. They started off so hot. It's yeah. like, man, the Cardinals are good. But yeah, that Dallas game. Kyler yes, cooked. Kyler cooked. Now he's getting cooked, Mister October, and now he just falls off. Dude's a side dish oh, on the Colt McCoy Thanksgiving table at this point. All right, All right. we got to wrap. Yep, um, Emil, I will not. There will be no episode next week. I'm on vacation. Be. Nope. We both so are. we will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you again for following along and downloading this podcast. Uh, please rate, review, um, five stars. Nothing less. Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe, all that good stuff. And again, you can find Emil Ware. 
at Emiliano Fragoso on my Twitter, A-M-I-L-I-A-N-O-F-R-A-G-O-S-O. It's a long one, I know. <laughs> um, and then at Sacktown Sports Bowl on the Twitter, as well as on Instagram live every single, after every single 49ers game. We go live, we talk about reactions, everything like that. This time I'm breaking it down from my home Monday night, so we're going to have a good time with that. <laughs> not Mexico City? Not Mexico City, Because that would no. be a way more fun time. <laughs> that would be a way more fun time. But no, it's not in the budget for me, unfortunately, to send me Mexico City. <laughs> Otherwise... Hola, como estas? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, again, everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully, uh, when we return in two weeks, the Niners will have won two games. So. That's the goal. We'll have a lot to talk about. Emiliano, have a great Thanksgiving. Go Niners. Jay, you as well, and everyone else, have a great Thanksgiving.